You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. It's been exactly one week since we were evacuated from our home in Malibu, and we are still evacuated. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. I'm sitting here with my daughter, Karina Vitali. Hello, Karina. Hi. And her boyfriend, Pat. Hello, Pat. Hello. And I thought we would just kind of give an update on where we are and what's happening. Both of our homes survived, um, and it's really miraculous, isn't it? We were evacuated same day, and uh, that was last week. Two different fires. Two different fires, um, eight hours away. You guys are up north at the campfire, uh, which has been devastating, and we are down in Malibu. The Woolsey Fire, which has also been devastating, which broke out around the same time, and we were evacuated the same time. What's really miraculous, and there's so many blessings for us, it's very confusing. But, you know, everything, everything has its blessing, but it hits in a different way, it seems. But our blessing was that in both cases, the fires were heading straight to our homes. And then at the last minute, it seemed to just turn. I mean, that, that was the case for you guys, mm-hmm. too, right? Correct. It was heading your way. You could see it outside your house mm-hmm. when you left. Mm-hmm. That's when we knew we had to go was when we could see the red glow from our kitchen window. And Pat and I both knew that we had to leave right away. Better not to risk it. Yeah, and the, uh, the evacuation line for the campfire was about was about 32 in Bruce in Chico, and we are just on the other side of Bruce. So while we weren't exactly evacuated, we were the next in line to be evacuated, so we got out when we could. Yeah, and that was the same for us. We looked out, well, we knew about the fire, and we know how the winds were blowing so, so strongly, both in your area and in ours. Fire moves quickly in that kind of wind, and um, we knew we were in the fire zone and that, you know, it was coming our way. So I was pretty much up all night. I, I couldn't sleep because you just never know. But I looked out the window in the middle of the night, and I actually just sat out there staring at this huge flume of smoke over the hill and, and watched it and managed to sleep a little bit. But when I got up at 6 a.m., it, I was like, we got to go. And Rich said, oh, no, no, everything's fine. And, and um, I said, no, you know, it moves quickly on these mountain roads. You got to get out. He goes, oh, we would just drive through the fire. We have an electric car now. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we're leaving. So we, you know, as I mentioned in the last show, we grabbed our stuff and our animals and left. And we still, even before the mandatory evacuation, it was bumper to bumper traffic. Now, I think with you guys up north, it was like not moving, right? I mean, well, normally it takes about 20 minutes to get from Chico to Paradise or from Paradise to Chico. And it took some people six hours just to leave. And it was so bad that some people had to get out of their cars and run from the fire because they probably wouldn't have gotten out otherwise. And for those that haven't that know, know the Paradise area, it's a heavily forested area and there's essentially one road in and one road out. So you've got a town of 27,000 people evacuating on this one road. And literally, like Karina said, people had to ditch their cars. And, and sadly, there are actually people that got stuck in their cars. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's like 600 people still missing. So I do have updates here. Um, so this is for the campfire as of yesterday. We have 63 fatalities and 53 of which have been identified. We still have 631 missing people. And what I heard from that was that people were trying to get their loved ones on the list of reported missing people, but there was just some disconnect there. So the number yesterday was at 300 missing. And today we woke up and it was at 631 missing. So those reports are starting to come in and they do expect that number to grow from what I've been hearing. The numbers are 11,862 structures burned. 
the fire size is at 141,000 acres, and it's only at 40% contained at the moment. So as devastating as all of these fires are, this is truly the worst in California history. Most destructive and deadliest? Deadliest and most destructive fire in California history, correct. President Trump is going to be in Chico on Saturday. You know, my mother and father lived in paradise on the most beautiful home, looking out over that canyon, over the Feather River, and we would hike. And Karina, you were very young, but do you remember that home and hiking in paradise? I don't remember it, but I do know a lot of people who know only that city and only that town. That's where they grew up. That's where their entire family lives. Many of them, they don't know another town other than paradise or Mm -hmm. Miguel or Chico. And... I can't imagine what it must be like to have your entire, like every memory from your childhood and so many things that you hold near and dear to your heart just gone and wiped out in a day. It's beyond losing your home. I mean, the schools are gone, the hospitals are gone, the stores are gone. There's nothing left. So we have some people that they still have their home. Luckily, their home is still standing, but sadly, they can't go back because there's no infrastructure, there's no internet, there's no power. Nothing. You can't drink the water yet. There's... You know, it's, it's completely uninhabitable. And the, the bad part about Paradise is over the last 40 years, it's seen a big boom as a retiree's kind of, you know, pardon the pun, but Paradise. Yeah. Um, and I believe the number was about 25% of Paradise residents were over 65 years. So, you know, you have a big elderly population and, and some of these people in, in neighboring towns didn't even know that there was a fire because they couldn't get a hold of anybody. They're not mobile. So they just had to sit and wait it out inside their own homes while the fire's burning miles away. It's really tragic. Um, You guys have a best friend who lost her home, and she got out just miraculously. I think it's still, I'm still processing how close I could have been to losing one of my best friends. She left her house with, thankfully, all of her animals and her husband at 9.30, and she watched the fire burn her home down at 10.30 on her Nest camera, so... Uh, yeah. You know, you know. What if she chose to sleep in that day? You yeah, never know. You just never know. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So one of the things that I think you guys have experienced and I've experienced is a lot of compassion. A lot of people checking to see if you're okay and not knowing what to do. The common thing I've heard from everybody is, "How can I help? What can I do?" And when you're in a devastating situation like this, whether you've lost a loved one or you've lost your home, asking how I can help it, it isn't helpful. So what we want to tell you would be helpful is donate. You know, and, and I know a lot of you in Northern California went through this last year, and we're certainly not the only ones who've experienced devastation. I mean, it's been Florida and Houston, and it's been a rough, rough year and a half of devastation. But when people ask, I mean, what, what are your suggestions when people say, how can I help? To me, I think a lot of times people don't know what they need, and most people have such a hard time asking for help, even when they probably need it the most. Um, yeah. And I wished I had made more GoFundMe accounts just without people asking. Or, you know, even if you don't have the money doing things outside the box that encourages others who do, sharing posts for fundraisers, Mm -hmm. um, going and volunteering at animal shelters or... Or sending money to those shelters. Sending Mm -hmm. money Mm -hmm. if you can afford to donate money or, you know, the clothing or food. That goes such a long way, especially during the holidays and trying to make this as good of a situation for these people as possible. And most people don't want to have to, they shouldn't have to ask. Yeah, so don't say, how can I help? Or let me know how I can help, just help. 
And like you said, you for your friend who lost her house, another one of your friends immediately set up a GoFundMe. She did yeah. not ask for that. She didn't say, hey, can you go raise some money for me? Yeah. Exactly. You know? One of the silver linings from this is how tight this community has really come together. Yes. And, and they've I think, really come together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's amazing to see. And, and I think a big part of that is seeing how people, I think they think to themselves, what would I want in that situation? Mm-hmm. Or if I was in their, in their shoes? And that's probably the best way to find the answer is what would I want? And yeah, it would probably be a GoFundMe. It would be, yeah. you know, send money, money, yeah, support. Sure. So, where can people donate if they're not from around here? So, the best places would be either donate to your Red Cross or Habitat for Humanity. Also, reaching out to any of the local chains for gift cards like Walmart, Target, any grocery stores, Rayleigh's or Safeway, and especially gas stations. Buying gift cards for those places are great ways to help those that have been displaced. If you aren't in a financial position in order to help like that. Everywhere from humane societies to the refugee shelters, those are always looking for volunteers. I know it's either today or tomorrow, FEMA will be setting up their refugee camp at the uh, Chico Mall. So they're asking for volunteers as well. So any of those. Yeah, I mean, there's literally people, just camps in the, uh, was it Walgreens? or Walmart, Walmart, Walmart parking lot. So the staff of the Walmart is saying that they actually have to be out by this Sunday. Well, it has certainly been an interesting, interesting week. And I just want to say we are, we are so grateful in Malibu. Our house survived. The fire burned our RV in our driveway, and it came all the way up to our foundation. And then I, I don't know what happened, but the house next door is gone and ours is standing. So a lot of people who, whose houses did survive actually feel guilt for it. Karina, one of the things you did that was so inspiring as a young person with, you know, just starting out in life, tell, tell me how you inspired me. What you did. Come on, tell me. You should say it. All right, she's embarrassed. <laughs> you um, there is such a demand. She bought her first home last year, and it's been not the easiest thing, right? There's been a lot of caretaking, and you've had to grow up quickly, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, but when this tragedy happened, her phone was blowing up. Uh, she had the home on Airbnb, and people begging, begging, begging for a place to stay. I probably got and three every hour up since Thursday, last Thursday. Housing is so desperately needed in the area. And so the first lady who contacted you was so desperate. And what did you do? It was a single woman who had her cat and her dog. And uh, I offered my place for free. I thought that it's a amazing program offered by Airbnb. For those of you who need a place to stay, they have a way for hosts to put their property up for free for victims so i offered the place yeah it's so sweet i was like honey you didn't even charge a little and she's like no mom she just lost everything i'm not gonna charge her and i just commend you because do you know what a lot of people do they up the rent at times like this and a woman got arrested in in santa rosa for increasing rent so much during this time of great loss and devastation there is actually a california law and I don't have the details in front of me, but I believe you cannot increase it more than 10% than market rate. And yet, you know, people are, listen, as landlords, we have great responsibility. As homeowners, we have responsibility to our community. Don't take advantage of people and their suffering and jack up rents. I mean, in Malibu, somebody just jacked up their rents to like 50 grand a month or something. You know, it's just, it's disgusting. So honey, with the strength and heroism you showed in that is, it's incredible Thank you. Um, to offer your, your space for free to that person. As she found another place. But, you know, it's also offered you an opportunity to lease out your home and, and now kind of go and, and see the world and let somebody else have a house while you don't necessarily have to be living there. 
Yeah. And that's what you've done. I think it'll at least make their transition through this tough time a little easier because I know I love my house and I hope that the love that's been put into it and with our family can rub off on them yeah. and at least they can find some positivity out of this situation. It is so. We just wanted to have a home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really awesome. All right, and Pat, you run our sponsorship program at Real Wealth Network. We don't talk about that a lot, but Pat is our sponsorship guy, and why don't you tell people what we're doing for um, the fire victims? Yeah, so if you are a lender, a CPA, or any sort of vendor that would be interested in any sort of sponsorship opportunities with Real Wealth Network, RWN will be donating 10% of any of our sponsorship proceeds towards the Camp Fire and Wolsey Fire victims. And how can they reach you? So if you uh, reach out to me, I'm at pat at realwealthnetwork.com. That's pat at realwealthnetwork.com. We have live events, the podcast, webinars that sponsors can get you know, great exposure. Of course, you have to go through our very strong vetting process, but just reach out to Pat and we will be donating 10% from that. All right. Well, thank you. We're all going to head home. I know you guys can get back into your home, but I'm going to get back to Malibu and see if I can get into mine. I don't think I can yet, but it's very interesting that we kind of met in the middle in the Bay Area. You left Northern California. I left Southern. We met in the Bay Area and all the smoke is coming here. So we have uh, been exposed to some pretty toxic air. But anyway, just at times like these, um, it's been really interesting for us all to come together. We haven't really just spent a week here uh, together, just being together in a while. It's not vacation, but it's been really wonderful. Under different um, circumstances. Under, <laughs> it, would be, it, it would be great. It would be nice if it was vacation, but yeah. either way, it's just been beautiful being with you during this time. So thank you. Hug your families. Remember what matters most and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.